This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'm your host, Yasin, and I am joined by Josh. Hey, everybody. And Cooney. Go! Hey, how are you? <laughs> how's, it, how's it going, Al? Cooney, it's been, been a while since you've been on the podcast. It's been about two years, Yas. What do you think about that? I mean, well, two years, really, it's been one year because that other year... 2020 was a bit of a blur for many of us, I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wasn't it? I mean, 2020 was like five years, so technically you haven't been here for six years. <laughs> <laughs> Two years, that's like, what, four Common Rider decades? Is that about right? I think that math checks out. I think. I'm not I'm not that great at math anymore. I've, I've been out of school for so long, <laughs> I don't need math. This is why I have a calculator watch. Let the watch do it for me. <laughs> the calculator. <laughs> that is not a lie. I've been wearing the same style calculator watch since I was in fourth grade. No way. Like the Casio ones? Yeah, it's a Casio, yeah. Uh, I used to have one of those. I had I had one that I could play Mario on when I was a kid. Oh. Mario. I was one yeah. of those. I don't know where my dad got it, but he gave it to me when I was like five. And I remember having it for a while, and then I don't know what happened to it. I don't know if it broke. I don't know if it if I lost it. Have no clue. You must have been the coolest kid in school. I doubt that. <laughs> I know I wasn't. <laughs> I don't think I ever was. Doesn't matter what I had. Uh, but that's a whole other like therapy session. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, today we are. What are we going talking to talk- about today? Well, Kuni, we are going to be talking about action in Tokusatsu. Uh, it is something that. Is I would consider to be one of the pillars of Tokusatsu. Um, it's something that was long overdue. Yeah, right. It's something that's you know that sets it apart from other you know sci-fi shows, other shows in general. It even separates it from hero shows itself because it just action in Tokusatsu is just such a different thing altogether. And honestly, it's 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 time that we you know kind of talk about it. And, you know, I, I've been meaning to talk about it for years. I know Cooney, you've yeah. you, you talked about doing like a episode about just like suit actors a long time ago, and now that time has come. Yes, yeah, we're ready to talk about it. Uh, so to you know to start things up, um, what are when was when do you remember you know first taking notice of you know the action in Tokusatsu specifically? Um, like when was the first time you actually like paid attention to it and started to sort of appreciate the action. Uh, Josh? Uh, well, part of it goes back to, you know, being a, a fan stateside and starting off with Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the appreciation for action really starts where they start in season two, uh, where they're starting to get away from using a lot of uh, Jew Ranger footage because, of course, they were running out. And so they decide to shift more towards 
the main core cast of the six of them having more out-of-suit fights. And that move helped cement in kids' minds at the time, me being one of them, like, okay, these are really the guys out there doing it. And you would see a lot of promotional pictures of them without the helmets on. But then Mm. as time goes on, you start noticing, like, you know, when... In in common not common writer, what am I saying? Uh in Power Rangers <laughs> Zeo, when Kat transforms, she's shaped a lot different when she transforms. I wonder why that is. And then years and years <laughs> down the road you find out, oh, that was a guy in the suit. Well, that would explain a lot. Yeah. And you start, you know, the fourth wall gets broken there, but then as time goes on and you notice, oh, well, there's different footage here. There's Japanese footage just spliced in with the American footage, and you notice there's a there's a very big difference. Uh, in the way the characters move. And I know the one that stood out the most for me uh, was actually uh, when Saban's Masked Rider came out. Because they would have the in-person suit, where the guy wearing the Masked Rider suit, uh, for the American footage, who would just, you know, kind of jut out the laser sword for a bit. But then when they used the Japanese footage right after he transformed, I remember as a kid thinking to myself, man... Why does why does the Japanese footage look so different? Like that, this guy has an aura about him. He's got like this killer instinct that's just exuding off him, and then it completely goes away. Mm-hmm. And then years later, once I got into uh, actually watching the source footage from Kamen Rider Black RX, I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. This guy is angry, and the guy <laughs> in the suit is mm. showing his anger at these monsters. Like he wants these guys dead and buried. Uh, and when I got into Tokusatsu, that was one of the first ones I went after uh, going retro. So I think that was really the one that stood out in my mind. Okay, this is where I'm really starting to appreciate uh, the work that goes into making these characters real. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, it was like just marrying two things that I was already into. Having a background in theater and doing some like stunts for the stage. And then taking that over to, oh, well, these guys have to do that, but to another level of bringing these characters to life whether it's these really intricate fight scenes or just a lot of uh character motion you know just being a monster in a suit there's a whole discipline that goes along with that so all all of that i think is is where it starts uh what about you finny well in my case since i grew up with it i mean i used to watch it as a as a small child i first in the case of Sentai and Kamen Rider, I didn't realize that the people in the suit were not the people that uh, were on, on, in the untransformed state. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I just assumed that they, they were the same person, and and I enjoyed it like that. Then I realized that the people in the suits were not the same person. Then I realized how much of a different uh, uh, craft they, they, they were practicing in those suits, especially monster suits. Some of these, some of those bulky monster suits are very, very difficult to move in. I mean, I, I, I mentioned it before we started, but I, I think we should uh, have a special mention for for the monster uh, suit actors, starting with with Godzilla, of course. Absolutely, because those are very, very, very difficult to move in, uh, and then, uh, then it was in in that order. First, that the suits and the actors were in the same, then that <clears throat> uh, suit acting was a different thing, and then uh, female suit acting was a thing, at least uh, in the past. That you would have this female character played by a man, but right. that looked like a female character and moved like a female character, and I think that's a different craft on its own, and it's it, there, there are very, very. Um, 
particularly noteworthy examples of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, it, it has fortunately, indeed, fortunately changed, and now there are more suit actresses. But I think that that uh, uh, during its time was a very, very interesting and and very particular uh, craft. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, it definitely was, and that's something I didn't appreciate so much later. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, it's all kind of hazy because I also started with Power Rangers, so I feel like for the longest time I didn't give it any thought. Like, I just watched the show for the show. I never thought about, like, how it was yeah, made. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. So, like, I always appreciate, like, what the thing that I appreciated the most was the out-of-suit action. I always loved seeing the Power Rangers fight the putties. Like, right, it always right. felt, it always felt, you know, it felt more real, I guess. Because, I mean, they were out-of-suit and it, it felt like they knew how to, they knew how to fight. They knew how to protect themselves. Uh, they knew what they were doing. So when they got into the suits, it always just felt like, oh, it's the same as them. You know what I mean? And it kind of sold it better. But I never actually t- gave it a second thought. I just watched the show to watch the show when I was younger. And I feel like that was a, that was how I was up until, I don't know, In Space, Lost Galaxy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I never paid attention to it because it, it was just the show. It wasn't until I was in high school... And I started getting into watching like martial arts movies, like Hong Kong movies, Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I started to like listen to like documentaries and watch like behind the scenes like features on DVDs of like these movies, and seeing how it all kind of comes together, and you know how many takes it it, it takes to do like one shot, um, the injuries that happen. You know, Jackie Chan's movies always have bloopers, so that always gives you an insight. It's how much, you know, blood, sweat, and tears goes into these movies. That, that's very true, yeah. Right. So I, I feel like in high school and college, I really got into that. And then but midway through college is when I got back, got into tokusatsu, and I discovered, you know, what Japanese tokusatsu is. Somewhere before that, I realized that Power Rangers, you know, came from Japan, but I didn't delve into it. So once I got into Tokusatsu, I delved into all that. And then after a while, you just started hearing names like, you know, Seiji Takaiwa and uh, Haruo Nakajima for Godzilla and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's when I started to get, that's when I started to like connect the dots and start to be like, oh, I wonder who was like, you know, doing all these action scenes. And then I, then I would go back to watch Power Rangers and I'm like, oh, there's a clear distinction between like Season one and two, or season one and season two of Power Rangers, uh, as far as suit acting goes, mm-hmm. uh, especially in season two, like the beginning of season two is very different from like season three. So like, I feel like, I feel like around 2006, seven, eight, something like that, that's when I started to like sort of put all these together and start to like get into learning a bit about action in Tokusatsu anyway. It was a very round, long process. <laughs> I think with uh, kind of piggybacking off that, one of the first times I noticed just in general, because there comes a point when you realize, okay, I'm watching this thing for entertainment, but it's when things like that, uh, like the special effects, blooper reels, uh, behind the scenes, things like that get put out. I remember specifically the one, the first one I saw that actually took me aback and I'm like, oh, that's how much work goes into this is specifically the ones for Rumble in the Bronx. And you see Jackie get his foot hurt. 
And you're like, oh man, he did some of these stunts with that cast on, and they had to like put a rubber shoe over him, and he still wanted to keep going. Yeah. Like, like, oh my god, that's amazing, the the commitment to that. But I think as far as like when I first noticed a performance and in suit performance strike me was probably two thousand seven, two thousand no, no, two thousand seven. Uh specifically for Common Rider Dano, because Seiji, it was twofold. Seiji Takaiwa having to do the work of, like, how many people is he? Six characters he has to do in that suit. Yep. And he has to nail all of them because they've got individual suit actors for each of the Imogen who eventually do take over as Deno down the line. But for that bulk of the series, he's having to carry the weight of Momotaros, Yutaros, Uratados, Kintaros... Ryotaro himself, uh, Jeek, all of those together, and he has to make you believe that he's all of them. Mm-hmm. And it was thanks to that and that they had all these behind-the-scenes things of showing, oh, no, it's one guy. Yeah. You think it's diff- it's all the different image in that? No, it's one guy having to mimic mm-hmm. six different uh, six different ways of acting into his style. And I think that was the first time it was really like, that's... That's amazing right there. Yeah, I remember, I think it was like the Ore Tanja movie had like a behind the scenes thing. Yes, yes. And I'm, yeah, and actually I'm the same way. I remember, that's where I first heard the name Seiji Takaiwa was with Deno. And specifically, I remember, I remember what actually made it like, made me interested. It was when he finally gets a climax form Mm -hmm. and he has to do all of the, emotions at one time or like literally uh-huh, his body fighting, is fighting with yeah. himself yeah um that's when I, yeah that was one of those moments where i just like i need to know who Sadie takai was um have have you i've mentioned it before but have you guys seen the video on youtube where he's on a stage play and they bring out Sadie takaiwa and he he they ask him to do a bunch of like poses for like yes you know, Akito, that was one Yuki. of the the deno live uh functions yeah. that they had which was the first time they had done something like that because Dano uh-huh. was just so amazingly popular at the time. Yeah. But they really wanted to showcase these things like, hey, um, Takeru Sato actually can break dance. Um, yeah. They're actually going to be singing out here. We want to show the suit actors out here and show the marriage between – we brought out the voice actors. They're here on the stage off to the side with microphones. Here's the suit actors. Look at what it takes to bring these characters together. It's all of these different things to make – the special effect of you believing these monsters are real, that is the soul of Tokusatsu right there, of, of yeah. taking all these different pieces. It's not just one actor. It's several people doing these performances to make you believe this fantastic world and this fantastic story. It was also a sort of breaking a taboo, because, I mean, you were mentioning the blooper scenes for the Jackie Chan movies, for example, right. which were, uh, were which are actually actually traditional. But in the in Tokusatsu, at least in Japan, uh, sh- showing people the workings, even in the slightest form, is quite taboo still, especially bloopers, for example, because that's, I mean, things going wrong. And for th- for children's shows, right. they have this policy about not breaking the, the fantasy, Right. Uh, that's why, for example, even if you have the suit actor there, which which was a, a first for the time, uh, they can only do the poses. They even if you had the, the for example, if you have the Momotaro's uh, sorry voice actor there, and yeah. you wanted them to perform a scene, they couldn't 
because that would be a bit too much for, for you would start you know dissociating the the action of the character with the character at least that's a principle they base this role in yeah and i don't know it would be a bit different a bit uh it's not too dissimilar from the wrestling concept of kayfabe exactly you have exactly, to keep exactly, up kayfabe exactly. because you got to keep the audience engaged and the thing of it is i think now that several years have passed just like how at least kayfabe as i understand it here in the states has evolved it's kind of this tongue-in-cheek thing of we know it's fake but we buy into it because we like the world that you're building but as much yeah. as possible you don't break it it's it's mm-hmm. like you're you're investing in like we're a part of it like the audience is a part of the illusion yeah it, it's a show. mutual agreement yeah. between the audience and the performers right 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 everyone being in on the trick yeah that that's the yeah the consensus i think yeah and it and it's 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 a little frustrating because I I totally respect that and I totally understand not wanting to like break that illusion for especially for kids, mm-hmm. um, but the part of me that loves watching behind the scenes of movies like features of movies wants to see as much of that as possible, and you don't get that as much uh, with Tokusatsu, which is which is kind of a shame, but I always love it when I get to see it like. Um, there was the Bokinja versus Super Sentai movie, and I think that had a behind-the-scenes thing where it showed quite a bit of mm-hmm. what it took to... to mm-hmm. I mean, it, it didn't necessarily show, like, the suit actors without the helmets or anything like that, but it definitely showed, like, how they filmed, like, the transformation sequences, like, each, like, actor, not the suit actor, but the face actor doing their pose on top of, like, a... a a pedestal or like a some apple box or something like that and then switching it with the suit actor and stuff like that it's like oh man this is this is great stuff and it shows just how how much time it takes it takes so much time to do that it's it's really impressive and i think what helped push it along too was after deno and that uh that live show going over so well you saw a lot of that pop up around decade especially in those uh, net movies that they did where they actually mm. showcased the suit actors mm-hmm, wearing mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. suits and then having these little foot races with each other. And then you got to learn their names and learn their yeah. personalities. And you look into it like, oh, the guy wearing Kuga's suit, he's the guy who wore Kuga's suit back when this all started. And this is the first time he's worn it in, in like 10 years. That's amazing. Wait, is that true? Or like, oh, the guy wearing I black no suit idea. is the guy who wore black suit before. It's not just some guy. That's yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the Force Force Net movies had one too, where they had like a panel. Yeah, where, yeah. Um, I think it was Eitoku and um, Ryusei's actor were basically hosting a panel of suit actors with mm-hmm. Sei Takaiwa and a bunch of other suit actors, and they were just telling stories about being on set. It's like I loved that so much. Uh, I watch that regularly because it just it's just so good, and it's so rare. Which is, I think, part of what I am not... I mean, I'm happy with the rule of not letting people, you know, peek in behind the curtain too much. Because yeah. those moments, those little things become more of a treat. That is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, and, well, I had a chance to visit some of the uh, filmings, for example. Right, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, seeing it, it's, it's a very... I mean, it's like, it's for example... Uh, remember that that Die Ranger mecha footage that got leaked? 
I think it was mm. from a producer of Power Rangers or something. It yeah, just yeah, exploded yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I had a chance to talk to one of the, uh, with, with Hamura-san, with uh, Tema Ranger. Right. Uh, and he said that that was quite a scandal uh, back in Toei. Uh, really? Not only leaking the footage, of course, but revealing, I mean, this is something that people are not supposed to see, they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was such a treat for everyone to see how these things are crafted. Dude, yeah, like, yeah, I loved it because it was, it was cause the full full video is like I don't know, like forty minutes or something like that, and yeah, yeah. and it's just him like hanging out with the suit actors while they set up the next shot, asking them, you know, how long have you been on uh, been a suit actor and stuff like that, and um, then seeing them do take after take after take, and then it switched over to like doing the you know the the mech scenes, and it's just like this is insane, like the because it, it, it just opens your minds like how much effort goes into not just the suit acting but also the model making uh, making the suits for like the monsters and the mechs how much time it takes to put those on how little how much like restriction there is on movement because of that it's just yeah yeah. Well, it's like uh, again thanks to those net movies uh, kind of pulling the curtain back and I think for some people you can take it as like oh I don't want to know about this I don't want to know how the how the hot dogs are made mm. but for some people it's like oh let me know how the hot dog is made maybe i'll appreciate the way this hot dog tastes <laughs> yeah, that's, and, yeah and you realize yeah. things like these suit actors whether you're a monster whether you're uh the hero you're having to do amazing feats of agility and movement and you're seeing out of something that's basically the size of a pinhole yes. yeah and yeah. you have to not injure yourself you have to hit your mark. You have to make sure you're not injuring your fellow actors that you're working with, uh, whether they're in suit or out of suit. And then you get further on, and I'm, I'm just talking about in general. You look back at older footage of, like, original Ultraman or shoot some stuff I've seen from Ultra 7 or Ace where they're just straight up setting the guy in the suit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've come a long way from that. But they were just like, that's some dangerous crap. That they had to do. And back then it was celluloid, so you had to do it right the first time. Otherwise, you were wasting a considerable, a considerable amount of money on celluloid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, talking about, like, going back, like, we talk about, like, what's, what sort of started it all. It was, you know, Godzilla, 1954. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and the thing was, like, it was just, I, I'm not an expert in, you know, the kaiju side of things. I'm not an expert at all. Just to be clear, but like I don't know <laughs> as much about the kaiju side of things. I'm learning a bit, but it just it just seemed it was just such a collaborative effort between you know uh, director and then you know, you know Ishiro Honda and you know Eiji Tsuburaya, the special effects director, and then you have uh, the suit actor Haru Nakajima, and they were just it was just a, they were they were setting a trend. They were they were blazing the trail for tokusatsu it was for the a, next, yeah, like it was a genesis years. of an entire genre yeah right for the next 70 years they they paved the way and it's remarkable watching that movie in context of how much work goes into it and how much they were experimenting at the oh, time oh yeah and just i can't imagine how heavy that suit is there is a really nice uh Wait, I mean, a really nice, you know, bite-sized uh, 
way to to get into that. There is a coffee commercial. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, you may, you may, you must have seen it. I mean, that I mean to start with that, it's a very famous uh, story. That suit was a death trap. Yeah, he mm, could yeah. have died a number of times, either from heat stroke, uh, yeah. monoxide, carbon monoxide intoxication, or right. just you know being burned to death. Yeah, and it's it's just that collaborative effort and that that uh, you know group of passionate people just trying to put a a project through. But right. that little commercial is about a like a minute and a half long, but it it you know portrays very well what kind of uh, challenge uh, the 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 wearing and operating and filming that suit was. Right, and it also is I think in in a wider um, point of view a homage to all those suit actors that have uh, as you said uh, as you said uh, uh, trailed a bla- uh, sorry blazed the trail. Yeah. To, yes. to for for the people to to you know that that want to do this right. have a not not such a bad time learn and pass it on. Yeah, exactly. Which I think uh speaks a lot to a lot of people. I I, I see a lot of um cross-pollination when it comes to fans of Tokusatsu specifically in the kaiju portion of things right. and people who are into uh wrestling or you know the more American at wrestling you know, your, you know, your Monday Night Raws and all that, because there, yeah. there's kind of a very similar visual storytelling to it. Of, right. You know, you've got your big lumbering guys against your smaller, not so big guys. And there's the there's the give and take of how things go. And I think that speaks a lot to how a lot of this kind of blends in. At the end of the day, it's all performance. It's all theater. But I think on some level... You can appreciate, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into doing these things on either case to make sure, uh, one, that the audience is satisfied with the story we're telling, and then two, we did this as safely as possible and nobody got hurt, thank God. Right, yeah. Um, and with, you know, uh, kaiju movies, it's it's a lot, I would say it's a lot more complicated because um, they're working with miniatures, they're working with, like, you know, composing a shot to to sell this illusion that a giant monster is you know walking through a town mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just if one thing is you know falls short the illusion is broken so right. the fact that they were able to do that is amazing and i, f- I forget who said it i don't know if it something that like matt frank said or something like that which is that uh they weren't trying to sell you realism necessarily it would the goal isn't to be realistic the goal is to portray this image i guess you could say i'm butchering it but it's the whole thing of you know going back to ultra q and ultra man it says straight up at the beginning this is a fantasy show right you know, yeah, we all know show, yeah. well enough that mon- giant monsters don't exist but that's why we're here i know right. they don't exist i want to watch a world where they do yeah. And I either want to see him wreck stuff or I want to see a big silver guy beat him up. Yeah, exactly. The action, you know, you could you could see it evolve because it goes from, you know, Godzilla going through a town and, you know, and it's it's all about him going through the town, destroying things. But a lot of the effect is on his surroundings because he's not he's not fighting anyone. Mm-hmm. He's going through destroying on his own so there's not a 
there's not a two-person thing. You get that later on with other films. So excelling that 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 image of him imposing on this town, uh, that's just such a such an artistic thing to accomplish. And it's just I every time I watch that movie, man, I get chills watching it. Uh, but then you, as you go on, we you know with more Godzilla films, more kaiju films, and then you get into Ultraman, it becomes more, um, you know, hero versus villain type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, and it becomes, and you know, there's more choreography, uh, there's more, arguably more destruction, kind of. It, it really depends on what kind it of depends, story they're I telling. It depends, because, I mean, Mothra is... Mothra is more of a solo thing, and there's so much destruction in that movie. It's great. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it can be described as, you know, when you look at it from that that aspect of, like, performance and acting, uh, there's a reason it's called choreography. It's like a dance. You have to make sure everything right. is done yes. with a certain rhythm. Uh, you have to hit your marks. You have to make sure everything is done right because, you know, like like you were just saying a second ago – Back then, if we're if we're going on film, we we only do get one shot at this. Now you yep. can do probably more takes, but it's still probably better if we can get it in less. It's more about time now, I think, right? Yeah, it's more about how much time goes into the production, and then you know, not just looking at uh, the evolution of in suit uh, in monster suit specifically, but then going into you know, like the seventies. Uh, the shows, Common Rider, Super Sentai, things like that. Uh, I remember specifically watching with uh, with Kaylin as she was going through uh, Himitsu Sentai Go Ranger, and they mm-hmm. hit the episode where they actually hire a Japan Action Club or Japan Action Enterprise, whichever it was called at the time. I know they changed the name a little bit, and the 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 energy in the show was kind of like all over the place. It looked like a bunch of amateurs doing the stunts <laughs> up until that point. And then right. you go to the next episode where they've taken over, and it's night and day. It's it, it's amazing how much difference is made between the two episodes. Now they're tight. They're actually doing some flips and kicks and the stuff that we kind of know Super Sentai for because right. they actually left it to the professionals to do that. That's the key word, professional. It's a profession. It's something that you mm-hmm. need to, to learn, to study, to practice. Uh, and and you, I mean, yeah, it would be nice if you could tell us which episodes is that, right. so that people I'm can see the difference. I'm trying to remember, and I've been trying to look it up, and I couldn't find it fast enough before we recorded. But once you get to those episodes, it it is a very clear and noticeable difference. Right. It, it's like going from going being on YouTube, going from 480, and then realizing, oh, I can put this in HD. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just that clear of a difference. And also, uh, not to discourage, like, you know, or not to, like, uh, put on a different level or anything like that. Like, suit actors like, you know, Haru Nakajima or, like, Ben Furuya with Ultraman, they were absolutely professionals. And they were absolutely, like, you know, doing uh, whatever they needed to do to make these, uh, make to bring these characters to life. Taking uh, a lot of punishment in those suits. So much, man. I remember watching Ultraman. And just, I was just marveling at, you know, the amount of work he had to do. And especially since, like, that suit changes and the helmet changes throughout. Like, I feel like you could probably see a little bit better with each suit iteration throughout the show. Because it gets better and better. Well, I think it's, it, the kind of comparison for me is, like, you know, for, for as long as I've been 
alive have been a fan of you know any live action Batman movie. Right. And the one thing you always hear all the actors talk about when a new actor gets cast as Batman and they want to go talk to the previous actor, like, what's something you can tell me about the role to help me get into the role? And they all more or less agree, just make sure you can go to the bathroom in the suit. Or <laughs> yeah. get out of it to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You look at those old suits, no, you're in there, and you're in there for like eight hours plus until we yeah, get yeah, these yeah. shots, and we can't afford to get you out any sooner. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So whatever's going on, if you got to pee, hold it. If you're hungry, we'll get you afterwards. We'll get you a bowl of rice and some tonkotsu, whatever you need afterwards. But make <laughs> sure we get this shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could, you could tell throughout the show, like, actors like Ben Furuya were getting a bit, bit, getting a bit more comfortable getting into character. Because at some point, like, he just starts, like, I remember there was an episode with... Uh, I forget what the monster is, but it was a monster from the monster's graveyard. Mm-hmm. And I think he has to like, they wanted to send him back instead of like killing him or something like that. But then it's just Ultraman sort of, he's almost like shepherding. Like he is telling this monster, go that way, go onto the rocket. And then the monster doesn't want to go. It's like a little oh, dog. Oh yeah, really... yeah, yeah. That one, yeah. the one that looks like a, like a, like a skeleton. Yeah, 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 yeah. The skeleton. I don't remember the name now, but yeah, I I really like that episode because I mean that, and that's another thing I wanted to bring out. <clears throat> Once you have this, uh, um, this, this objective of of bringing the the creature or the hero or the monster, whatever, but in into life, then and it's it's more notorious recently, and you need to give it a personality. Exactly, because yes. it was not just Ultraman hurting the monster. The monster needed to. It was the monster needed to look like not evil to start with. Right. He needed to look disgruntled and sad and like upset. Right. But how do you do that when you don't have like when you when your your the tools that you have to to emote are so limited. Not only to emote, but for example, and that's something I wanted to mention, it's changing the subject slightly. Yeah. But uh, in Sentai, for example, more recently, I mean, back in Goranger was more about the action, but it's right. uh, recently is more about the personality as well. And mm. for example, I don't know if you remember the fighting styles that, and the ones I, uh, that always come to mind are two greens, Shinken green and Gokai green. Oh yeah, we just spent a lot of time talking about Gokai Green's uh, suit actor uh, just a few weeks ago. How much yeah. personality they bring to that role. Yasuhiro Takeuchi, right? Yasuhiro Takeuchi, yes, that's right. Yeah, He's playing Kirame Blue at the moment. Mm. Man, I thought, I remember before when the show started, I thought he was yellow. I don't, because the, 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 I guess the personality seemed like it fit him more. It's when he it's when he plays the more serious, I guess, calm down roles where I, I don't believe it's him for some reason. Well, like here's here's something I don't think a lot of people take into consideration when when you're talking about things like this, like Tokusatsu and suit acting and bringing a character to life. Um, some people are like, well, I'm not really into that. I'm not into the Japanese stuff, or I'm not into that actiony stuff. The you know Hong Kong action all that. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You're you're still you've been exposed to it whether you realize it or not. And some people might say, no, not really. I'm like, okay, let me prove you wrong. Uh, were you, I assume I'm talking to somebody who might be an adult. Were you ever a child? <laughs> okay. Do you ever watch Sesame Street? Do you like Big Bird? That's Tokusatsu. That is a character being brought to life by suit acting 
mm-hmm. and giving a personality to something that doesn't exist in this world. That that absolutely counts. Yeah, yeah. That's a perfect example right there. Like, you believe whether or not uh, you know that there's an actor in that suit puppeteering it. Some part of you wants to believe that's a real giant nine-foot bird. Wait, that's fake? You, you never saw the, the, the act, I mean, the, the, the performance, <laughs> uh, you know, arm. Like, and, and it's the, the most the, you know, awkward the, the position. Mound thing. Oh, yeah, it's, I, I've seen, like, it's one arm down to actually have one arm, then one arm stuck to his side, and then the other arm is up in the mouth. Exactly, and you never notice that. You never think about it. I yeah. remember trying to make sense of how they do it, but never, never went beyond that. It was all, always wonder, not suspicion. Right, yeah, yeah I right, didn't right. want to, 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 for it, I mean... I didn't want to know for the sake of knowing or for ruining it for ruining it for someone. I just got infinitely curious, and I I I, I enjoyed the performance still. But I think that's the the little, uh, you know, difference that uh, makes it. I mean, yeah, I, I get your point very very well in that. I think Big Bird is a great example for that. And then, if you want a more Tokusatsu example of that, uh, we'll uh, only take a fraction of that, and we'll go with Pigmon. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same, same difference. Not a lot of uh, room to move, but you're still getting a full range of emotion in some cases. Like, anytime I see Pigmon come back in anything Ultraman, whoever's in that suit is having to act the hell out of that suit yeah. to make <laughs> yeah, you believe yeah, this yeah. little thing that's speaking gibberish is alive <laughs> and has emotions and is believably interacting with these other human actors. I am always, like, surprised... I mean, I, I, I love looking at, like, like sort of observing suit acting in general. Um, but seeing people in monster suits, and not just monster suits, but monster suits that are just way too big or, like, puts the actor in a difficult position and then they still are able to perform, that just blows my mind. Like, anytime I see, like, uh, what was it? Uh, was it Anguirus in uh, the Godzilla movies? The... Monster that any 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 kaiju that's like on all fours. Oh, Angus. Like, how yeah. do you do? It? Yeah, any, Angers, yeah. Any kaiju that's on all fours. I'm just like, how 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 do you do that? And seeing like there's there's some clips of people you know practicing that kind of stuff, and it's just like you've got to be in incredible shape to be able to do that. Oh, for yeah. hours and hours on end. It's amazing. And then you think about it too, like with the advent of different materials being utilized to make the suits lighter weight over the last couple of mm. years. Yeah. Uh, that'll make it a little easier on the actors, but those early ones, they really had to put up with the heavy, hot materials that would it was lead rubber. to exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hard foam rubber heats up very quickly. Yeah. The The one experience I have with that is uh, I used to work on an old uh, indie group called Lobster Dance and we worked on something that never actually got released, but it had to do with like a Godzilla suit that a a fan made, and they were mm-hmm. operating the suit. And I mean, because it's, it's it's a fan made suit, it's you know, so it was originally for I think I think it was originally for cosplay or something like that. I don't remember, but it was made with like foam and stuff like that, and having to be to you know. Just to get the suit onto this platform around all these miniatures was an ordeal. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, we're doing these shots and, you know, over and over and over again. And every time we took off the helmet, the dude was soaked in sweat. Yeah. And we did that for hours. And then when we were done, we had to like pack up the suit and put it in the back of his car. And that suit smelled like there was so much sweat. (laughs) And it's just like, and this is like a miniature, like a small indie project. Like just imagine doing that for like, so much a large scale like, project yeah i remember quite similarly uh, a couple of years ago i guess five years ago at this point um i had done some work on a little indie film too where we were doing a tokusatsu fight scene uh mm. where we all you know we had to do it all ourselves we had to make the costumes make the the hero suits the villain suits and what have you and there's certain things that, that when you're doing it uh on your own that you might not realize oh, somebody else might have already thought of this and implemented this for a professional sort of filming. We had an issue where when we were doing the fight scenes, one, you got to think about the choreography because they usually say for every minute of choreography, you need at least three times that much uh, practice for that one minute, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is very true. You want to make sure you're not stepping on anybody's toes. You want to make sure you're not knocking stuff over that needs to be there. But the problem is, yeah, you get incredibly sweaty doing that. And the problem was we didn't have proper ventilation in the helmets. So both me, I was the villain in that. Uh, Me and the hero, our goggles fogged over. So we're having to do this damn near blind. Right. uh, Trying to do this. It's not the most uh, complicated choreography in the world, but still enough to where you know, you're working up a healthy sweat trying to do it. And we were filming, I believe, something like 10 hours that day trying Whoa. to get all these shots. <laughs> and that's just a fraction of what these guys have to deal with. We we only did this over the course of like two, three days. These guys right. are doing it day in, day out, you know, five, six yeah. di- day work weeks uh, to make this stuff happen on a regular basis. Yeah. So I absolutely applaud them for their dedication to working through those conditions. Right. And the thing is, is like, not only are they the, you know, trained performers or whatever, but they're also like trained martial artists. So they are like, their bodies are like, you know, conditioned to, to for this. Exactly. Kind of, they're in peak yeah. conditioned. Yeah. Right. Because like, uh, I've told this story many times, but meeting uh, Tutomu Kitagawa at G-Fest, and having just, just mm-hmm. hanging out with him for uh, for like a few hours, and he ended up teaching us like the Shishi Ranger pose or whatever. But the way he mm-hmm. taught us, man, it felt like it felt like being in a school almost. Like he was telling that like he was like you got your own mo- master class, kind of, because he was like you know moving us around and saying, "No, you need to your hand needs to be here," and he would like sort of hit us like you need to your hand needs to be like firm because you're doing this oh. pose of power, and you need to like. Make sure this is like steady, and every time he like he would do that, he would hit us. It's like, oh man, this guy. I mean, this guy is like older. I mean, you know, he was like in his fifties at the time. That dude is strong, man. Like he is strong and mm-hmm. he is flexible still, and it's just like, man, this it's insane. I I, I don't know how to describe it, but he is. Like, you can tell like how much time and effort they put into this and how conditioned they put their bodies in that it just becomes second nature like the fact that like someone exactly. like mm-hmm. someone like uh uh takeuchi who we were talking about before 
I think he's in his 50s now, and he's still, like, doing this stuff. It's crazy. No, I mean, I have seen him in person. I have seen him performing right in front of my eyes. Right. The, the, it's extraordinary the the condition these people are on the their their ability the skill set in general, yeah. and additionally to that, the one thing that people need should appreciate more, I think, I I I think this has been become more known or, or more more uh, people are more aware of this and more appreciative of right. the fact that these people are uh, suit actors. Yeah. It's not. I mean, stuntmen have their place and have and um, have their merit, of course. But many, m- most of the times, in many genres, the stunt actors are also actors. Yeah. They need to. Uh, yeah, they need to give a performance, not only a a choreography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, a performance as a choreography, but they need to to perform the character. Right. And sometimes yeah. that character is not even human or humanoid. Right. I was going to mention before, uh, and this is also a very famous. Um, a little clip that went uh, that you know went viral on Twitter a couple of times is Baragon from GMK. Yeah, that but that monster is played by an actress called. Oh wait, are, are you talking about the clip where you can hear her roaring in the suit? She's roaring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love mean, that it, clip not, not so only much. that is infinitely adorable, but it's about the performance. The director yes. told him you need to roar so that we can we know when the roar is coming. Of course. That's right. when the when the mouth of the monster opens. Right. But not only that, there is a corporality to roaring. So doing it is what gives the the, the character the what, what you know makes it look like it's roaring. If you right. don't roar, then it's not going to look the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that they do. That's something they practice. They rehearse. They talk to in the case of people that transform, they talk to their actor. Right. They talk to the <clears throat> to the scriptwriter, to talk to the director, to create a character around it. Yes. And I think the, uh, uh, more people need to know that, yeah, it's a very... It's not only, you know, doing backflips and kicking ass. Yeah. It's very much about other, other, a broader spectrum of, of things in the performance. It's very true. The suit actor, they have to know the lines just as well as the out-of-suit actor does yeah. yes, uh, yeah, for yes. hitting those marks when, you know, say somebody's transformed and they're having to give a big speech, they have to give the basis for what they're going to ADR over later, what the actor's going to have to go back later and voice mm-hmm. over. Usually right. that starts with, they don't have them record the lines and then the actor goes, the suit actor goes and does it. No, the suit actor has to lay the groundwork there for what, Yes, the lines yes. are, and then the face actor has to go back and match that. Yes, exactly. So it's not like animation or anything like that. This is the only time, I think, where it's done where that part comes first. Yeah. And there's like, there there are clips where you can kind of see that, where you see them doing a shot, and you can hear, like, I don't know, Boken Red, like, a muffled voice in, this, in the helmet or whatever. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I've, I've even <laughs> seen it in, like, I think it, there's some, like, Power Rangers behind the scenes or something like that, where you hear the Japanese suit actors uh, saying the lines in English in the suit in the helmet, so that they can eighty art layer, right? Which is which is really cool to see. And yeah, um, as far as the collaboration effort goes, like I've seen, I've heard it uh, in certain places, like they have to like collaborate the the suit actor and the face actor to create this character, like you know the way that they walk. Uh, the way that they gesture, 
that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like they kind of have to sort of be in sync. And it kind of reminds me of stuff like, you know, speaking of stunt actors, like in Hong Kong movies or like, well, not even Hong Kong movies, but like Enter the Dragon, right? Bruce Lee did, a lot, you know, his own stuff, but there are certain things that Bruce Lee couldn't do. Like he's, he wasn't an acrobat. So mm-hmm. he didn't do flips and stuff like that. So they got another stunt, stunt actor, Yun Hua, who had a similar build as Bruce Lee uh, mm-hmm. to do like, you know, the flips. Like, for example, in, in the beginning of Into the Dragon, where he's fighting Sam Han, the sort of MMA style, like, mm-hmm. uh, not brawl, what is it? Sparring. Yeah, the exposition fight. Yeah. And then when he, once he wins, uh, he does this flip over the monks to like celebrate, right? That's Yunwa doing the flip. And then he walks off and he kind of has the swagger. He's imitating the swagger of Bruce Lee. And there's like, the stuff like that, or like, you know, when he's fighting uh, O'Hara in the first matches and he does like this backflip kick to kick uh, O'Hara. And then he does like, he does like this pose. That's Yunwa. That's not Bruce Lee. So he's doing, he's imitating Bruce Lee's swagger and his, his type of pose. And that's kind of, that reminds me of what, you know, suit actors do here with in Tokusatsu where in, I mean, yes, they're, they, they are being superheroes and they are, you know, doing things that you're not normally seeing the actors do, but saying that they still have to like, they still have to show the personality, like with Takeuchi and, you know, Doc from Gokaiju, he has to still act like he's very awkward and scared or like, you know, um, any, I mean, honestly, if we want to talk about uh, some of the the heroines and the suit actors who portray them, especially like in the 80s and 90s and in 70s, 80s and 90s, where they're they are male suit actors. Yeah, portraying, yeah, the Hachiska brothers. Yeah, portraying uh, female heroes. And they kind of have to like act, I guess, I guess you could say feminine in a feminine manner. No, yeah, they're softer. Move. I mean, I I had the chance to to uh, talk to one of them in circumstances that I'm not allowed to to disclose. But yeah, yeah. he um in that it was an event of sorts, okay. and he performed some of the uh some of the heroines that he had uh portrayed in the past. Right. One thing is seeing him on in suit like through the screen. Another thing is seeing him live doing it. Right. It's uncanny. Really? The the way he can transform and and make it look like it's it's indeed a woman who's performing those moves, right? And right. not being able to tell the difference. Right. Now that's that's in stark contrast to like I think it's um, looking back at old episodes of like I think specifically like Power Rangers in Space or Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, where right. you look at Cassie or Ashley after they've transformed, and you can straight up tell, oh, these guys are not trying. I don't know how I bought this as a kid. They are not even trying to hide. They are dudes in that suit. Especially, I remember the very last episode when they do that giant transformation on top of the building. Like, we're the Power Rangers. And then, you know, the flash goes off and then they're transformed. It's like, oh, you're all guys. You're, yeah. Wow. What what was I smoking as a kid? I How did I buy? I guess I just really loved the show that much. Oh yeah, totally. But I think yeah, it was a different crew. So like the, yeah. the the crew that was doing you know Super Sentai, they've been doing it for years and years. I mean that's years. that's really pre Sakamoto getting involved. Well, no, he <laughs> yeah, it must that. have been. Yeah, no, he was he was. I think, I mean, he was there since like season three. I think. 
Well, he was executive producing and then he got more into action, if I'm not correct. Or was it the, the other I think it's the opposite. Okay. Wait, I, I better look this up because I know somebody's going to try and correct me on right. this. Let me make from sure. From what I understand, yeah, I mean, yeah, please look it up. But from what I understand, he started as doing suit acting in Japan. And then he went on to work on action in Power Rangers. And then he started to do action directing. Then he did directing. And then he went to executive producer. Oh no, I was I was wrong. He he actually started there uh during Zio. Oh, okay. I thought it was season three. Okay. It was just after, just barely after. Right. I mean it, there's definitely there's definitely like between Zio and Turbo, there were there were definitely scenes where or episodes where I looked at the action and was like, that's very different. Like like Ashley is doing a lot of her own fight scenes out of suit and stuff like that, and it's like those are very like Sakamoto type like choreography. I think, and that's kind of the thing you see carry over is, uh, I remember seeing a lot of things in like uh, Time Force specifically that mm-hmm. later on down the road when I'm watching like Double, I'm like, why did that? Why does this seem familiar to me? And then you realize, oh, that's that's who it is. You got somebody like Koichi Sakamoto. That's why the action looks the way it does. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that that goes into like you know, sort of different styles of action throughout the years and that is attributed to like you know certain action directors certain main directors how they like to do action and i know like over the years it's it's definitely evolved um there was definitely a certain type of style in at least in super sentai from like you know the 80s to like i'd say the 90s there was like there was this there was this specific style of action I think towards the 90s and 2000s, it starts to change to its own different type of style. And I think it attributes to, like, you know, certain action directors because, I mean, a lot of the action directors start off as suit actors and then they kind of Mm -hmm, graduate mm -hmm. to being stunt actors. And there's almost, like, different periods of, like, an action director doing a bunch of shows at a time and then getting it it gets traded off to another uh, new action director. And that sort of changes the aesthetic and the style of action and it's um, it's almost uh every like i don't know 15 years or something like that that sounds about right every 12 to 15 i'd say something like that because i mean the uh because also like I've, I've tried to look some of this up and there are definitely names that you see throughout the years but there's also collaborations like like you'll see like two or three action directors attributed to like one show kind of mm-hmm. a thing uh, I know from what I've seen, like there's one uh, Junji Yak- Yak- Yamaoka who did from Go Ranger to basically Mask Man. Uh huh. And he also started the suit actor as well. I think he worked on Spider Man, but I don't think he was the actual suit actor in Spider Man. At least I don't think so. On Japanese Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Japanese Spider Man. Yeah. Not the Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Yeah, that that means uh, completely different people. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the one that I found that did I think the most is I, if I'm getting the name right, uh, Michihiro Takeda, who mm-hmm. did a lot of the work from like Flashman to Ghost Sager, which is like a long time. Damn, that's a long time. That's twenty years almost. Twenty thereabouts. By the way, people, most of the information we are providing here, I mean, this is more of an appreciation podcast. Most of the information we have is off the top of our head. So yeah, if there yeah, is yeah. any gross negligence in that, 
regard no yeah this is not informative no, that's just from like, years and years of us nerding out over this sort of thing just that's watching all that yeah, is. enjoying yeah it. yeah yeah like <laughs> uh my main point is that like there are definitely there are different eras of action when it comes to like you know whether it's super sentai whether it's ultraman whether it's common rider or any of the other shows in between there's like there's definitely certain eras and i feel like a lot of it has to do with influences in media in general like there's mm-hmm. definitely a time where you know tokusatsu was its own thing and it had you know its own influences and its own style and then once you know the late 90s 2000s when stuff started to like you know become more globalized like you know the internet and like you know media becomes more readily available you see more influences of action mm-hmm. like you like like in time you start seeing like you know trying to emulate like bullet time or something like that you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because there's absolutely that bleed over from like what's popular in media, not just in one country or one part of the world. Right. Uh, certain hallmarks of things change the, the the landscape drastically. Like, oh, this is really cool. We have to emulate that. So you see things right. like, oh, uh, this the way this shot is set up that really looks like some John Woo stuff, or this over here that's definitely ripping off the Matrix, or right. oh, this. We're, we're doing hallway fights. I guess everybody saw the raid redemption. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like uh, nowadays, when I first started out, when I was only maybe two, three years into watching Tokusatsu, I'm, I would think, oh, wow, this scene is really cool and really intricate. And now, you know, 15 some odd years later, I'm like, okay, what do we see here? We're seeing a lot of female actors with a lot of kicking leg leggy shots. We're seeing Dutch angles. <laughs> and somebody's hit and rolls about five times. And a giant-ass explosion. That's got Sakamoto written all over it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yes, like, certain directors have certain style. And Kuichi Sakamoto is the most... Among Tokusatsu fans, he's the most popular one. And Mm -hmm. uh, because he's just... It's just... There's... Because he comes from Power Rangers to, you know, bringing it over to, like, Ultraman and uh, Kamen Rider and stuff like that. And he has a very specific style. And I feel like his style is very... Hong Kong influence, Hong Kong yes. cinema influence. Uh-huh. Like, is he's definitely? I don't feel like he's influenced by Jackie Chan and Jet Li and all that kind of stuff. Because uh, it definitely shows in his action. It's very kinetic. It's very like hard hitting. Uh, the angles and the camera movement is all pretty dynamic. Sometimes too dynamic. Sometimes there's, <laughs> there's sometimes some a little too much. It's <laughs> a little like. As much as I love the Comrade Axel movie, there are some shots where it's just like the camera is way too shaky in this movie. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, the uh, Kamen Rider Double Returns? Yeah. The, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, uh, over the years, you definitely see that change. Like, nowadays, I feel like um, the thing that I see the most is, like, one-shots, like, long long one-shot takes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been seeing that a little bit more in the last, like, five to eight years or something like that. And I, I think what really kicked that off for a lot of people, because there have been a few of those in... Uh, action cinema but for me uh noticing it pop up a lot more and more was after the movie the protector came out with tony Ja, mm. and there was that one long shot of him going up the stairs at the restaurant yeah yeah it was from that point on that i noticed a lot more people trying to emulate that right yeah yeah like you saw some of that in uh in kira major this past season where they were all fighting in the warehouse and there was kind oh, of right. like one or two sneaky cuts 
uh, but they tried their best to make it look like it was one long cut of everybody handing something off. I, I forget what it was they were handing off to each other during the fight. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're all going through the warehouse, they're trading off the armor, and then at the end, uh, somebody jumps out a window, and then that's the end of the cut. I, I feel like that's the evolution of where we've come from, from having that influence go here. Hmm. What year was the Protector release? Because what I have read, it's very little, of course, but people say that Old Boy was, uh, like, the most oh, notorious yeah. oh, okay. way of using Old Boy too. one yeah. shot. Yeah, Old Boy definitely precedes uh, the Protector. I think the Protector was like 2006, 2005? Uh, it was 2005. Okay, mm. yeah. I think Old Boy was a bit before that, I think. But yeah, I totally, I, th- I think I think Old Boy was the first one that I remember a lot of people, hearing people, a lot of people say. Like very notorious about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old Boy wasn't so much the one shot. Old Boy, I feel like, was the genesis of the quote unquote hallway fight. Where it's from a flat end, it looks more like a side scrolling beat em up. Mm, uh, that uh-huh. kind of style. You see a lot of that uh, reflected in like Daredevil in a lot of those fights. Yeah. Oh, I consider that scene an homage to the old void scene. There are so many parallelisms there. Yeah, yeah. It is a different That's angle. also cleverly cut, but I think it was extraordinary as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny, like, when you talk about Tony Jaa movies, you know, most people are like, oh, yeah, Ohnbach. And I'm like, no, I'm talking about The Protector. And they're like, which one is that? I, I think I've seen it. I'm not sure. I, I We have a, around here, we have an alternate title. We call it, uh, we call it uh, Give Me Back My Elephant. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I love Give Me Back My Elephant. Yeah, that was freaking great. <laughs> yeah, I always say, like, uh, yeah, uh, the protector is basically on Buck, but you just replace the Buddha head with the uh, elephant, Yeah, I guess. Because it's, it's the same premise. Like, he's he's going out of his town to get something back. We'll, we'll, that's, we're getting into a different topic. But, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that. It's stuff like, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, technology as well. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, once, you know, GoPros start to be a thing, you start to see Tokusatsu use GoPros in very interesting ways. Fascinating experiments with GoPros, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like sometimes it's fascinating and sometimes it's like, okay, we get it. You have a GoPro. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> that's true. That's true, yeah. I, I like it when it's uh, sparingly implicate, not implicated, implemented uh in like little ways in like uh zero one or kira major but i felt like it was a bit overused in like lupon ranger versus pacha ranger like every other shot felt like it was gopro like i got i'm spinning the dolly (laughs) i'm going underneath i'm going over do you guys know we have a drone we have a drone too oh now we're spinning it again we're going under someone's leg and it's like look i i want to enjoy the show without having to take dramamine (laughs) <laughs> let me appreciate the actors i don't want to appreciate the camera as much i i dug it for the most part uh, especially when it's the stuff like there was a shot where uh lupon rangers are fighting a monster and they kick the monster towards the camera and then the the monster rolls on the ground rolls over the camera and then the camera follows him on the other side and i was like wait so did the suit actor just roll over a gopro on a stick i guess and i was like yeah pretty mm-hmm, much mm-hmm, <laughs> it seems mm-hmm. like that Unless they just cut it in a way to make it like, you know... It could have been a cut. It could have been a cut. But in my my head canon is that he rolled over a GoPro. It's entirely possible. That, uh, they got a good cage on it, then yeah, you can 
you can have uh, the good thing about filming with those uh, GoPros is that on the whole, they're not really that expensive. So if you break one, you yeah. can just get another one. But the 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 cost of that is that the shot doesn't look great. <laughs> that is also very true. Yeah, it's it's you you definitely see a drop in quality when they go to mm-hmm. GoPro. Yeah, 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 noticeably. Yeah. There's a difference between, like, something very cinematically set up, like, say, the action in the double movie, uh, A through Z, uh, versus, like, the GoPro shots where I feel like uh, the Lupin Rangers are about to ask me to hit like and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's more the quality you would see on, like, uh, a YouTube compilation of, like, people doing uh, tricking and uh, parkour. Right, right, right. In my case... I appreciated it more, but in the sense that I am a... People that have heard me on this podcast know that I'm a bit of a traditionalist in the sense mm. of Sentai. Oh, sorry, uh, Tokusatsu in general. Yeah. Particularly Sentai. I have personally met uh, Sakamoto-san. He's a, he's a very good friend of ours. Right. But I, at the beginning, resented him a lot because he was the culprit of bringing wire food to Japanese Tokusatsu. Mm. Which is something that I it took me a long time to forgive him for, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but I, I and I guess that's innovation. I w- I really like my Sentai the way it was, but uh, the way that uh, Lupapato really force fed you all those experimental shots, yeah, gave me sort of an immunity that made me appreciate it more. Right. And now I don't mind either wireful or that quote unquote excessive use of GoPros. And I have learned to appreciate it. So in the end, although it annoyed me very much uh, at the beginning, I think, and and th- that I think um, translates well as uh, on what you were mentioning, George, about <laughs> this uh, tendencies, this this uh, propositions seeping in into other people's work or into other genres, even. And just nurturing everything because the, the, we are the winners. You, we viewers are the winners. We just see this experimentation. I, I agree with that. I agree with you yeah, wholeheartedly yeah, yeah. on that point. It's just that, yeah, it's all that treat. Everything is a treat. I mean, oh, this is so Sakamoto. Oh, this is so, I don't know, Christopher Nolan, whatever. But, I mean, noticing that is just, it's, it's a testament to you enjoying what you're seeing. Exactly. Be it at the level of enjoying the story or, you know, appreciating it as a piece of either action or cinematography or whatever. Right. But I think this, this, and uh, this—that's something that I resisted for a long time. I wanted my, my things the way they were, right? But yeah, this has made me appreciate it more, and yeah, I don't mind that much GoPro or even wireless. Speaking to that specifically, like I might, I might rib the style a bit, but it's not like I'm not enjoying the hell out of it anytime I see it, or even more so when you're mm-hmm. used to somebody who's gotten into a a groove of their style of okay, I understand the hallmarks of when they're at the helm. And then they do something where I don't recognize that that's them at the helm. And then I look it up later like, oh, I was impressed with this scene for a completely different reason. And then I look it up and it's like, oh, it's the same guy. That's exactly the way I felt about Sakamoto when I looked it up and I'm like, oh, you were working on Ultraman Z? I didn't even realize that was you. Yeah. Because I was appreci- appreciating the action in Ultraman Z on a completely different level. Uh, where right, some yeah. stuff looked okay, that looks like it could have been you, but I didn't realize with some of my favorite shots, and they're like um, when Zet and Jeed were teaming up, and there were a lot of those really creative shots of them going through the city and around all three combatants. Like, right. 
that shows growth and that shows a different way of handling the scene and showing the action that didn't feel uh, played out or anything. It was actually quite novel and quite interesting to show the fight in that manner. That was actually one of my favorite uh, action scenes in that uh, in that season. Yeah, and I, I yeah I think this also attributes to both you know him and uh, Kiyotaka Taguchi because Kiyotaka Taguchi mm-hmm. is like an amazing director when it comes to like kaiju and Ultraman stuff like that. And I feel like as 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 amazing work that Koichi Sakamoto does, especially in Ultraman, like you know with whether it's the uh, Mega Monster Battle movie or um, you know Ginga S or whatever. Um, I feel like he works best when Taguchi is the main director and he is the the action director. I would agree with that. Like their collaboration makes for some amazing action scenes. Like some of my favorite. Like especially like in shows like Zet or an Orb or whatever. Like it just that that's a that's a dream team collaboration for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess speaking of. Uh, what we like like do you have any specific like either you know action scenes in tokusatsu or like action styles in tokusatsu that you like to see i think for me a lot of the ones that i like are the big set pieces where i feel like the uh the director has a good feel of the space they're working in and they use up all of the space not just uh a little bit now that's not to say that i don't appreciate good one-on-one uh interactions or sparring or fights uh i think it it kind of runs the gamut between uh one of these past episodes of uh this season of uh, of kira major where it's kirame red and kirame yellow on the field running out in the middle of downtown while uh their mechs are fighting all around them it was a very Ultraman kind of setup but the fact that it took up the whole screen and there was always something to look at and the mech damage was interacting with the foreground, and it w- it was like a full like minute, minute and a half solid of this action. It was just beautiful, beautifully well done of showing uh, the teamwork not only between yellow and red, but then the the rest of the team in their mechs trying to combat the kaiju. They're having to interact with each other. You're telling multiple stories on multiple levels. And that wasn't even the main fight of the show. That was, like, within the first ten minutes. Right. And then you can juxtapose that with, like, say, something really simple, like... When uh, Yoko first shows up in Gaim, and she's just there kicking Kota's ass. It's not even a lot, but the action there, without saying a lot of words, tells a story about who a character is. And it's like, okay, I've never met you before... Uh, Marika, but I'm going to pay attention to you now. Mm. Mm. Right, right, right. Uh, you know why that uh, Kira Major scene stands out so much? Mm. That is the first episode that Taguchi directed in Sentai, I believe. Ah, oh, really? That, that makes a lot of so sense. So he, he brought a lot of that, you know, Ultraman slash Kaiju okay, aesthetic. Okay, into Sentai for the first time, pretty much. That's got to be one of my favorite scenes out of at least the last 10 years of Super Sentai. Outside so of, like, cool. uh, Greatest Battle. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing bits of that in, like, Goatbusters where they would have, like, 
you know, the Ghostbusters fighting on the ground with one monster, and then the mech was in the background fighting right, with another right. monster. Yeah, that felt like that. Those kind of scenes are really cool. Like having a foreground and a background fight scene is really cool. Uh, Kui, do you have anything like any kind of style or action scene that you? It's very specific, but I like uh, human-sized sword battles. Oh man. I mean, the the martial arts is one thing, but combining those two and the... Because one thing that I am really, really sad that is not... Uh, that is uh, being less and less uh, present mm-hmm. in Tokusatsu, it's actual real uh, danchaku. Danchaku are the little... Uh, I, there must be a name in English. I don't I don't have it now. They're, they're, they're sparks. Real sparks. Every time you, you, you do an effective hit, yes, you yes. do effective oh, damage, where you're getting hit and the go off. I miss that so much, dude. Oh, yeah. Don't you? It's like, I mean, you can put it on with CGI nowadays so so easily that less and less... I mean, me- mecha fights in general do have them, but seeing, I mean, like two, like one of, the, one, one of the enemy generals and one of the rangers one-on-one fighting with swords i mean i remember for example chain dragon against uh, booba or oh, five red against uh, chevalier or mm. uh, all the all the finale of five man for example but i'm too partial for five man to to be able to talk about it <laughs> dude i do go but off yeah. man go for it but yeah it's it's about you know combining you know a bit of a punch a bit of a kick you mm. you you hit them with the hilt of the sword uh, you do you know you turn around, you jump a bit, and then you slash at them, and then a bunch of sparks come out. And you can see the cable with the tape very, very yeah. clearly there, and you, you, you're waiting for that explosion to happen. Yeah. I cannot get enough of that. It's, it's yeah, I love, in the, I feel like the 80s in Tokusatsu was filled with that. Well, that kind of goes into a little bit of, uh, I, I think I'm saying, Chanbara action, right? Aha, uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Exactly that. I, I think I you see little bits and pieces of it over over the past couple of years, and I'm I'm surprised uh spe- specifically now with a, a show like Saber where you would expect more uh sword fighting action, uh, which is kind of what Chanbara translates into, uh where they're not getting a lot of that and they're not even going for a real Western style either. It's just kind of there. No, we will we'll have time to talk about Saber in general. I mean, every time when I see a saber clip, it's someone far away, sh- like doing a slash and hitting someone far away. And I'm also, and I, for me, I always say, like, oh, it's probably a COVID thing. Like this, they want to stay as far apart as possible, maybe. And that's probably why they don't have as many close-up fights. But I also just think it's kind of the evolution of Tokusatsu action in general. I remember talking to George one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think I don't remember when it was, but. We're talking about action, you know, and Kui Sakamoto, and you know how his fights are so dynamic. And I was, I think I was, I was watching like the Power Rangers in Space and like uh, what was it, Get Lost Galaxy like team up thing. Mm-hmm. I always like once in a while I, I'll go back and watch that. And I remember talking about how oh I love how you know intense this fight scenes are and there's just so much going on and you know the, the the choreography and the martial arts are really cool um and he said something that made that made me really kind of rethink and he was like yeah this cool and all but i kind of miss the type of fight scenes that like sentai does where it's you know it's a bit 
more when you see it you know it's sentai action like sentai has a specific yeah, yeah. vocabulary you know what i mean like there's certain I'm very things that partial to that right there's like you know there's a certain type of battle like formula that they have where that you know certain groups will come together they'll do a certain kind of things someone will uh jump up and up in the air towards a cliff kick off of the cliff and come back down and hit somebody or oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you know what i mean there's like there's a certain vocabulary in like 80s and 90s sentai specifically that you know it's sentai. like there was a lot of that in like mask man right yeah there is one particular scene technique and and they they use it i think once every year you have the enemies and the rangers line um, facing each other mm-hmm. then you have the camera uh, starting, I mean, the, the cameraman would be walking backwards. It's shaky cam. He would be uh, walking I, I backwards know what you're about. Yeah, between you're them, about. and they would start engaging each other as the camera passes them by. Right. Like, like, uh, uh, it's so hard to describe with words, but I, uh, Josh, I think you got you got what I mean. They're they're engaging at an angle, uh, towards each other. Like, say they're both at a forty five degree angle opposite each other, and then. You would say the 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 director says action. Camera is pulling back into the uh towards the audience, and then you're watching them as they're all meeting. Boom, 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 boom! In the exactly, middle. they're yeah. engaging as they get into frame. Yeah, I think that's my fav- most favorite test thing ever in the right. world. <laughs> like that, that coupled with right before that, if you get the traditional, all five of them flipping over each other to enter the scene. And then go into yeah, that. Exactly, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, God, That's yeah. the language of, of Power Ranger Super Sentai action to me, too. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. My favorite that doesn't make any sense is when all five Rangers jump up, flip, do a jump kick, and all five... You see a shot of all five feet hitting the monster at once. And it's like... Uh-huh, yeah. Like, physically, that doesn't make sense. It's not possible. Like, all all five of the rangers would hit each other before they even get to the monster. But you buy it because it's Sentai, and you know that they can do it somehow. Now, <laughs> you know what th- I mean? that'll bring me to, and I don't want to stay on this too long, but maybe a couple of uh, nitpicks that you have with how action is. Like, I know this is one for me, and it happened not a lot, but specifically... For a show that I wanted to like more than I did, which was Wizard, where I mm-hmm. love that because of the necessity of the way they built the suit and whatever, uh, they didn't want to damage the rings. So they right. decided, okay, we're going to give him a kicking style. And I absolutely yeah. loved mm-hmm. the tricking that they did with it. My problem is, and it's actually quite the same with a lot of wrestling that I see, is that you've got to be very careful with your camera placement. Because it's the same thing with stage combat, with film combat, is that you are cheating the space. You're making it look like there's less space between your actors so that you can make it believably Mm -hmm. sellable that your actor is making contact with whoever they're hitting. The problem is if that's off by even the slightest bit, you it looks terrible because there's a giant ass space between where the kick (laughs) is supposed to land (laughs) and the dude's head. And it's like, well, I don't believe that. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? How did you let that in? Do you not have somebody watching this to make sure that suspension of disbelief is not interrupted? Yeah. So when it would yeah. happen in a show like that, where the tricking on its own... Oh, there's a writer passing by. Uh, <laughs> when the tricking on its own looks great, but then you have 
a shot like that thrown in there where they didn't somebody wasn't paying attention and you can see the space then it kind of ruins it for me i yeah i i've definitely seen that in in uh in wizard because i love i love this the suit acting in wizard but i was i kind of give it a pass because like it's a weekly show uh at some point you just got to go with the shot that looks the best and move on kind of a thing um uh-huh. so like stuff like that is like yeah it breaks the illusion a bit but i'm like you're giving me so much more so i'm like i'm i'm, I'm gonna let you go with that one, <laughs> kind of a thing one thing uh, something that i like i i like i was saying when i was talking to george like i loved seeing the evolution of it and every time i go back to seeing like old sentai or like uh we i watched a few episodes of uh agito and kuga and the action feels very different like early heisei common writer action is very different from today's action mm-hmm. uh it's a, it's, it's a more i wouldn't say brawler style but it, it just it's there's a different rhythm with how they I do think it's very fighting. sober and a bit more like rough L- yeah. less acrobatic uh-huh right and for me i like i i love this the aesthetic of sentai action and you know older tokusatsu action like i watched just beyond like a couple months ago and I love the action of that. It's, it feels so. It feels even though I don't, I haven't watched many '80s tokusatsu. It feels like home <laughs> in a weird way. It feels so comforting to see the type of action. It, it depends on where you're leaning towards with what is really being homage. Because you can say, for some people, it means something completely different. Like you can say, "Oh, this looks really Hong Kong," and they mean that as an insult. And other people can say that exact same thing and mean it as a compliment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a part of the latter. <laughs> I, I think for me, uh, having rewatched some of it recently, uh, one of the Metal Hero series, uh, the the early episodes of Jan Person, the mm. way stuff you want to talk about wire foo. There is so much wire foo <laughs> in those first three to four episodes. Yeah, yeah for yeah, no yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just stuff is on everything is on wires. You got yeah. cars, the cars are on wires. You've got your actors, your actors are on wires. They're they're not even flying hardly at all. They're just kind of on a wire <laughs> yeah, yeah. being dangled through uh the scene like they're in a elementary school rendition of Peter Pan. Like <laughs> And it's like with a crane. You you have your choice. You can either say this is so stupid or this is so stupid, give me more. I fall into yeah. the latter category. Exactly, that. yeah. There is a thin line between those two, isn't there? Right, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very thin line, and you kind of have... It's up to each person to decide what side of that line you want to live on. Right. Um, what was that movie that we watched, uh, like, a month or so ago? Was it a Jam Person movie or something like that? We watched uh, it with a group, I think. I don't remember if you were there or not. I or might not have been there for that one. Maybe I think I think it was before you showed up. I think Kalen was there. So there was a, a movie I think we watched, and yeah, there was a bunch of wires, and it was like it was it was so good. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, well, it, um, it might have been Jan Person. It may have, yeah. Um, but I also love the innovations of the new stuff, like the new show, newer shows. Mm-hmm. Like I love seeing the the a bit more of a complex fight choreography, like Go Busters. I mean, I guess Go Busters kind of considered to be older now i guess which makes me feel old but it was very experimental go busters they yeah. tried many new things yeah stuff like that like stuff like that kind of a show or like wizard or um i feel like every show starts off with some really experimental stuff and then they kind of go into like uh 
the normal action style. Well, I think like, it also show goes on. It depends on the kind of story that you're telling. Because like I'll mm. say something about Jan person where I'll be more willing to say, okay, that's kind of silly or that's kind of stupid. But that's mm. up to you whether or not you like it versus something like, say, Exade, where it's video game based and your main character is based off platforming. So it is a necessity to see him jumping from level to level right. on a wire. And that I'm willing to give more of a pass because it's yeah. like, okay, inherent to the story you're telling, they're supposed to move like that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, if it if it if it uh serves the story and serves the world that it's in, then it makes sense. Right. That's what I was going to say, because that I mean that thing you mentioned before about the action on Kuga for Kuga especially, uh, being different. Uh and this is it's a me- very memorable episode. I have talked about it before. Go Jaraji mm-hmm. uh, the the porcupine monster. Do you remember that yes, episode? Yes, yes. With the porcupine monster and how Kuga uh, is the first time he transforms into his evil form. Because he was beating the shit out. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beating the. <laughs> he was beating the shit out of the, of the Grongi because of how cruel uh, his his game was. Right. And it was just a guy, you know, punching the face of another guy while he was, you know, riding him yeah. with the other guy on the ground. It yeah. was very, very violent. Right. The, the, the Grongi actually bled. But it was as 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 you uh, say yes. It was to to service the story. If yeah. you have you know uh, your very flashy finishes or singing bells in Kuga, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. What works a lot for that scene is like one. It's absolutely serving the story that's being told. Because yeah, at that point, uh, we've got our nice guy there, uh, Yusuke. You know, the pinnacle of good guy in storytelling. As, as far yeah. as we're introduced to. But then, yeah, over the course of the story, he sees that cruelty and it acts, absolutely carries through the suit actor, the kind of the shakiness of the fist with every mm. punch raining uh-huh. down. Like you see yeah. the the suit actor, uh, which I believe that was not Jiro. Uh... No, Tominaga Kenji. Tominaga Kenji, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. You you see uh, Tomi, Tominaga-san absolutely channeling that rage with every punch that was landing you know mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. plowing him over with the the gorum uh going into rising titan and then the stab and then the absolute stillness when you see the little bits of ultimate form like that's storytelling right there and godai doesn't hardly say a word he's just uh that's odagiri joe adding the ah Ah, to each punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it was you just have to that. sell yes. that with the punches. He is selling that rage. Mm-hmm. That un- mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. time that the audience has an idea of, oh wait, maybe this is a bad thing. Him getting more power. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that is storytelling right there. And mud. I mean, uh, what? Yeah. I mean, you know, landing it on the subject we're discussing. It is about the action. If the action had been done by an amateur, if the action had been done without taking all that into account, it right. would not have been as effective. Exactly. And and that's the thing, too. Like, what we're talking about right now, that specific scene, that is not a very technically hard scene. Because, you right. remember, Certainly, he spots yeah. him in the hallway, he transforms, and the action starts with them falling out of the window and then just laying into him, and that's the bulk of the fight. Uh-huh. That is not a hard fight to choreograph, but 
there is so much there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I it no matter I mean, whether it's tokusatsu, whether it's, you know, a Hollywood movie or, you know, whatever kind of movie, having a cool action scene is cool and all, but if, if you don't have the human element, if you don't have the story, the characters, the situation behind every punch, it doesn't, I mean, it just becomes a demo reel. Uh-huh. Just a choreography, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you want you want it to serve for purpose, and it's something that I I learned more later because when I first watched Kuga, I I liked the show fair enough, but I remember people talking about like uh, the finale, the final bat- battle. That's what something I was reminded of, yes, with with uh, Bazeva. Yeah, yeah, and I remember it kind of being hyped up, and I was like, oh man, this is gonna be crazy. And then it ends up being, you know, just two dudes kind of just punching themselves, punching each other, like, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the woods or whatever. And when I first watched I was like, man, that was pretty underwhelming. I, I, get, uh-huh, uh-huh. I get the story beat of it, but the actual fight just kind of felt, I wouldn't say lazy, but it just, it, I was expecting a lot more from it. Mm-hmm. I want like, I'm going to rewatch the show at some point this year, and I want to go back and see what leads up to that. Story-wise, at that point... Ndagubazeva and Kuga are now evenly matched. They have the same amount of power. They are equals. So at that point, it doesn't matter who's got better technique. It all comes down to who's going to give out first. It's it's more of a war of attrition between the two. And endurance, yeah. Yeah. True, but I I think at the time, I I was hoping that it would be more than just... A punch out challenge, like it, like it just one dude punches another dude punches, one dude punches another dude punches, and then whoever just falls first wins. I, I wanted, I thought it would be a bit more than that. I felt the same when the first time I watched it. Yeah. I think a rewatch would should should give you what you need to to uh, see it in another light. Mm, yeah, I think so. I, I think it, I think I sold it short back then, but it was also like over ten years ago. <laughs> so, oh <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. But yeah, I mean, speaking of like, I guess, uh, stories and stuff and characters, uh, I love suit actors. Suit actors are great. But there's something about seeing the face actor fight in Tokusatsu that just sort of brings it up to another level, especially when it's done well. Like whether it's like Garo, which has a lot of, you know, out of suit fights because the suit acting, the suit fights don't happen as much as in Sentai or Kamen Rider. But seeing seeing the actor do their own fight scenes helps me believe in the character, I guess. Well, I so. think it, it speaks a lot to just, you know, selling the, the image of what the show is, that the mm. more you show that the, there's a person in this suit that, you know, the face person, the face character wearing the suit from, like, the neck down, then that helps the audience buy into, you know, suspension of disbelief. Oh, that's them in the suit. Uh, which I feel like it's not as apparent as it used to be. I mean, I, I think we've seen more of it lately with like uh, with Kira Major as far as the Sentai side of things. Uh, as far as writers go, it's so few and far between that when it does happen, it's a treat. But even then, that's not the same thing as them fighting out of suit, which most of the time they don't. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that's the thing that used to frustrate me a lot about Common Writer specifically. Uh, especially like the older ones. Like, I love fights, but every time he would run into fight before he got his belt, because someone had to like postmate his his belt to him because he left that <laughs> over something yeah. like that. Um, 
every time he jumped into a fight first, he would do kind of the same thing where he would kind of just try to this this tackle and then the, the monster would throw him and he'd try to throw a kick or whatever. And then he get punched the, into the wall and then someone will throw him the belt and then he transform and then he all of a sudden becomes a, a good fighter. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, 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 I absolutely difference. felt that with things like Fies and especially Blade where, and I've, I've brought this up on I don't know how many other ones we've recorded of the podcast yeah. where uh, when you aren't even trying to match uh, body type, between your <laughs> yeah. face actor and your suit actor, like when you go back and look at Blade, Kenzaki's actor is a stick, and then he transforms, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's you know nice, muscly toned Seiji Takaiwa. But yeah. I think the most the blatant one was uh, Liango was Mutsuki. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a teenager. Yeah, he was a teenager, and then he like <laughs> yeah, and then he becomes this huge dude. <laughs> I know it's not fair, but my my um. Like, there's the comparison in Power Rangers of, like, okay, we get it. When in Power Rangers Turbo, Justin transforms its ranger magic (laughs) or some crap that he grows by two feet. But then you're going to tell me later on down the road when we get to Jungle Fury that the Blue Ranger is also growing another foot when he's shorter than yellow (laughs) and then suddenly he transforms and he's taller than yellow. Come on, guys. What's going on here? That's true, yeah. <sighs> like, lie to me. I'm asking you to lie to me. I don't want to, you know, uh, put it all on, you know, the actors. You know, I mean, the actors, they got into it to be, they're not action stars. You know, you're not going to expect them to do it. I would have loved it if they get more, like, actors who can actually uh, fight. Like, for example, uh, the new Gavan. Uh, oh, the yeah. The actor who plays the new Gavan. I believe that he is Gavan. Because he fights so much out of suit before he even transforms. And he fights uh, so convincingly. Yeah, uh, Yuma Ishigaki. Yes. Ishigaki, yeah. And it's kind of like, and I love that they, they found an actor who could do the same thing that, you know, uh, Kenji Oba did back in the day, where he was, he did so much of his own fighting out of suit. Uh-huh, yeah. And you believed it. And then they kind of just carried that on to, to uh, what was his name again? Yuma uh, Ishigaki? Yuma Ishigaki, yeah. Yes. I like seeing stuff like that. And once in a while, you'll see that in like uh, Kamen Rider or Sentai. Like, for example, I kind of wish we saw more of Takeru Sato fighting as uh, Deno. Because whenever he danced, like, oh, yeah, you can believe that he is like Ryotaro's is inside. That's the thing. Like, he had only done so much stuff. Like, I think he had done maybe about three dramas before he got Deno. But he was still very popular in those. And then you get I thought to that Deno. was his first one. No, he had done, like, Princess Princess D and, like, one or two other oh, ones. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. But, yeah, like, like he does those. He gets Dan-O, and for a lot of them, it usually Super Sentai or Kamen Rider is uh, your first real major break into getting right. into right. Uh, right. the mm-hmm. entertainment industry. And that's where you get to kind of show off um, what you can do. And for him, in specific, that was such a breakout role for him because he got to show off this giant range of things of like not only can he act he has to act like i said six mm-hmm. characters uh not right. only can he sing he can dance and to a certain extent if you allowed him to more he can fight which is now something you yeah. see more with him in the Roroni Kenshin live action movies of yeah. him doing those stunts like you you can see a very direct byline from 
Ken, the Kenshin movies now. There's two more getting ready to come out going back to Dan-O. Yeah, for sure. And whenever we get actors who can actually do that, uh, I always kind of hone in on them. Like, I'll never forget when <clears throat> I was watching Tokyuger. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for a long time, I was like, "Okay, this is." I, I mean, I always, I love the show, but the first time I saw uh, Tokyo Sango Green, he fought out of mm-hmm. suit. I think it was the episode where I think his character and uh, Wright's character were both trained in by his father, who was like a karate teacher or something like that, mm-hmm. and they had to like mm-hmm. go. They did this whole like. Uh, game of death kind of ascending the tower or whatever kind of thing yeah yeah and then the first time i saw him fight i was like oh this guy has training like he's probably done some taekwondo or some karate in his past before he got into the show because he was pulling off like kicks and stuff and i was like i want to see more of him same thing with like uh uh ikari guy's actor oh uh junior ikeda yeah he is he seems like he's an amazing martial artist as well and you don't have to be in a martial artist necessarily, but as long as you're, I guess, athletic. Well, really, that was me during Gaim watching, like, anytime they would let Gakusano do flips. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kamen Rider likes to, likes to find people who can flip and let them flip. Like, let what was flip. it? Uh, mock, like, mock and drive. Like, he, like, oh, you can flip. We're going to make you flip in every scene you're in. <laughs> well, especially that the first time he transforms, he does, like, what, five flips in a row before he actually gets right. to the stage? <laughs> uh... But then it's, like, it, it's like it, it's things like that where Gaim, you can clearly see Gakusano has athletic ability, but right. you don't ever really see him in that blend of the suit, except maybe for one shot in the Heisei versus Showa movie where I'm not even sure that was the case. It might have been a composite shot. But then you get to Zangetsu in the movie war, and he's the one that they give uh, the out-of-suit, half-in-suit shot during his transformation. It's like, well, we we couldn't have given that to Gaim? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I like Zangetsu, don't get me wrong. It's just I, I, I wanted to see it from that guy. But all right, exactly. you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna knock it. Uh, recently, that's because it ha- they happened to have this second ability. It used to be the norm. That's a very old school thing that the 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 actor can do action. Yeah. Uh, but it, and it's it's a very sad thing. But normally, it's due to insurance or compliance purposes that right. they cannot. Do very it. true. That now they have they need to have a professional, a certified person do action in general, and the right. action is. What's called action is more and more. Uh, th- that definition has been become more and more more uh, has become wider nowadays. So the right. things that they are allowed to do, right, right, are very limited. Yeah, I and I I totally understand that. I just kind of I kind of mm. sometimes wish and hope that once in a while we get that. Like uh, yeah, even if it, yeah. even if it's to a small degree, I feel like every time there is a season where. Uh, the main uh what do you call it device is like a sword you get a lot more action scenes i guess like for mm-hmm. example like shinkenger like you saw them f- fight a lot before they yeah transformed. yeah a oh, lot yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and as much as we kind of crap on you know ninja that kind of did the same thing <laughs> um but i guess that for me that kind of goes back to the whole power Rangers thing. i liked seeing you know also say john jason david frank uh amy joe johnson like 
I like seeing them fight. And Walter Jones, don't forget Walter Jones. And David Yost. They're all of them. That's the thing. That was the the thing. Yeah, all of them could do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the way we knew those names because we were so connected to their performances because of the way the action was done. That's the same way I feel about actors now like Gakusano. If I see he's going to be in an action role, I got to see that. If I see an actress like, say, Chihiro Yamamoto, I'm like, oh, I got to see what she does. Yeah. Ah, yeah, she's extraordinary. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I just, it, it, it goes a lot, it goes a lot to like sell the character. It goes a lot to like making the action more believable, but it, I don't know, for people who really are into looking at that stuff, it, it brings an appreciation to like someone, like bringing on someone who is willing to kind of do that and who is, who that is, that, that is kind of their, their focus, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I, I kind of wish they would do more, but I understand there's not that many, you know, uh, people who do action who also want to act. That's a, I feel like that's kind of a, a rare. No, you're very, very, they're, they're the exception nowadays. As I said, they happen to, or, or they, they do it the opposite way. Cause I mean, uh, Minamitsukui, Marika. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she was uh, just a, a, a suit actress. Right. And she and she started getting more uh, parts that didn't require her to transform. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we have interviews with with her. Plus, she's got that distinction of being like, I believe, the only common writer actress to, who serves as the actress in and out of suit. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I want her to be in more Tokusatsu stuff. <laughs> well, and see, that's the yeah. cool thing is she's already in so much as it is. She's already been in Ultraman. She's already been in technically Super Sentai with a Space Squad, that one Space Squad movie. She's been in Kamen oh, Rider. Right. Uh, all she needs to do is show up in Garo, which I'm surprised she hasn't at this point. Wow, yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> has she done Garo so far? Like, she's already pretty much pulled off the hat trick. She's because she's yes. got the big three. The Tokusatsu Egot? Yeah, we're yeah, <laughs> the Tokusatsu version of the Egot. We really should come up with the anagram for that. Not right now because my brain's only working so hard. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if anybody's gonna win it, she's already winning. Exactly. Um as we just start uh winding down, um before we do, do you off the top of your head, do you have any like suit actors? That you like to shout out that's like your favorite suit actors or whatever? Um, I would say, I like, it goes without saying to shout out uh, Seiji Takaiwa. Um, I definitely, because I always go back to the dedication these guys have to go through to get roles, because not everything is uh, guaranteed. Uh, specifically for uh, for Jiro Okamoto, because he he's yeah. usually a bigger guy, generally, mm-hmm. nowadays. And he was a bit bigger in Deno because he was the suit actor for Kintaros. And then right. when mm-hmm. they were getting ready to get Kiva off the ground, he dropped, I forget how much he did, he dropped like 20 pounds or something like that. Like a drastic amount of weight, 20, 30 pounds to fit into the Ixa suit so he could be Ixa. Wow. I have a bit of a funny story about that yeah. that I heard firsthand. Oh? Do you remember Shinken Gold? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Do you remember the actor of Shinken Gold? And then Shinken Gold transformed. Yes. 
Yes. Did you notice any difference? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Brother. Well, yeah. that was the detonator for that, for that change happening in Jirokamoto. Because he had sort of a, a bit of a belly on <laughs> yeah. during that time. And he was told that that was too, too noticeable and he had to, you know, shed off some of that weight. Otherwise, they couldn't give him any, uh, you know, tight suit parts. Right, right, right. But this, we were talking about after he played all these characters before him. I mean, that doesn't make him any less legendary. It's just a, a little, not. you know, yeah. cute, cute story, really. And just to see how extraordinary these people are. Yeah, seeing him come back in like decade to uh, do the suit for, you know, Black, just like well, legendary. It was there, and uh, when he came back to do it in the Drive movies, too, he was Black and Black RX, and it's... Well, no, he was Black mm-hmm. RX for, for sure. And there's clearly some of that back, but it's like, no, he's the original guy. Let him do it. Now, yeah. to the other end of that, like, you want to talk about making an impact. Um, you get somebody like friggin' Eitoku showing up in Kabuto as Kickhopper, where the whole mm. point of this scene is you want to show that this character has gone from being this upright... Uh, that Kageyama has gone from being, or not Kageyama, Yaguruma, I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong, uh, the wrong hopper. Yaguruma comes back and his personality has completely changed. And as such, because he's got this new Zector, his fighting style has changed. So him transforming into kick hopper and then just kicking all of those worms in the face in one of the most oh, man. amazing displays I've ever seen of the debut of a writer. That actually stood out to me like, oh man, who's... Who's able to do all that thing? All these spinning flips in midair, like this V3 crap I've never seen. Uh, I want to follow this guy. And then he's been steadily doing all of these amazing uh, secondary writers since. Right. Is he still in uh, Kamen Rider? Uh, far as I'm aware, the last one he did, he was cross in build. Oh, okay. That's another coming right over there. Oh yeah. <laughs> but up to that point, you know, like he's he's meteor, he's barren. Uh oh, meteor, dude. Uratados, you know. Like with Deno being as popular as as it is, he will never not have to put that suit back on. They will always <laughs> find a reason to bring back Deno. For real. For real. <laughs> Oh man, uh, Kuni, do you have any that you can think of? Well, I think that if I were to like bring out my favorite, he would be Jiro Kamado. Not because, not only because he has played some of my favorite heroes, but because of the range he has in general, and mm. also the the nice performance he makes of villains as well as uh, heroes. Many of yeah. my favorite villains have been played by him. But uh, I mean, as a, as a uh, sorry, an actor that I particularly like, I outside of him, I don't think I have one. That's fair. I it wasn't until recently where I started to like really notice a lot of suit actors outside of like the mm-hmm. main, you know, three or four that we always hear about. Uh, like we always hear about Sei Tsukaiwa, which he's like a freaking legend. Um, mm-hmm. I've always heard about uh, Takeuchi, and he's always been my one of my favorites. Going back to like, I recently finished Car Ranger and I didn't realize that he was uh, Blue Racer in that. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just it he it's 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 a very different character, but it kind of feels like an earlier version of like uh Kirame Blue. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's a very kind of a proper character a little bit. Normally he plays like cool type heroes. Kind of, kind of, yeah. But he's still a little bit And goofy. the man is ripped. I have met him in person. Yeah. And like while working, he is ripped. You cannot, you cannot believe. Yeah, I don't doubt. I it. I mean, because they, they they look sort of thin. Yeah, in suits. Yeah, but then you yeah. see the abs. No, it's guys. very different. It's very different to see them in person. Yeah, like it's it's an, like he's always like looks like he's just in insane shape. But I mean, you have is, to be is. because <laughs> like if you're not, you could seriously injure yourself doing any Absolutely. number of these stunts. So they yeah, they yeah, have yeah. to do that. That's their livelihood there. But he's the one that, like, when you look at a lineup of, like, a Sentai team, you look for the one that looks kind of like a bodybuilder, and, like, that's Takuchi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> everybody else is, like, they're they're fit, and they're very, like, they, I mean, they're very much in shape. But he's the only one that kind of looks like he, like, seriously uh-huh. lifts weight. Like, he looks like, like, Big One without the padding. It's true. Yeah, I mean, true. that yeah. padding that they put on Big One, he has them, but in real. Right, exactly. Hidoki <laughs> um, uh, Fumi Fukuzawa is another one that I um, I enjoy watching. He's, you know, the main red for, like, the lot. Like, you know, Gokai Red, Gao Ranger, Gao Red, all those. Like, he's, I, he's always one of the ones that I've gravitated towards. And you met him, right? Yeah, yeah, I met him, and we did an interview with him. And he's just such a humble guy. He's humble, but he's like he's he he has this like I don't know if I could call it like childlike excitement about Super Sentai. He loves Sentai, and uh, we were look like me and me George and uh, Tony were at like his table after we did the interview, and we went to mm-hmm. his table to like get autographs and stuff. And I think it was either me or Tony. I forget what we had a book. That had like a bunch of like it was a it was a photo book of a bunch of Sentai seasons and each one had like the team doing a certain pose and a certain background uh-huh, or whatever. Uh-huh. And we wanted him to sign it. He just started flipping through it and just started talking about Sentai. And started saying, Oh no. <laughs> and he, he's like, Oh man, I remember this. Oh. And then he would look at the photos photos like, Oh yeah, I was Geki Red. But that's not me in the photo <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> um and he just he geeks out over this stuff. He loves it. Um and yeah, I guess meeting him kind of makes him stand out even more to me. But I, I liked him before that. I remember seeing the Bokinger versus Super Sentai movie and seeing Bokin Red fight. And I was like, man, I want to know who's in that suit. Cause that, this dude is like, he feels like a Red Ranger. Like, it's so, like, he exudes that kind of energy. Um, I guess the last one I would point out is uh, Sane Hitomi. Or Hitomi Sane. She was a she's a suit actor. She was Geki Yellow, ah. yeah, and she's just amazing in that show. And every show I've seen in her since, like she's just such a powerhouse when it comes to suit acting. She's so quick and so like agile. It's, dude, she's awesome. No, yeah, I have seen her live. She's extraordinary as well. Yeah, really. Yes, in one of that that time we interviewed uh, Tsukiminami, she was. Uh, starring, she was starring the event with her. Oh, they right. did a bit of sparring. Right, live. right. It was great. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's on Instagram. I think 
she puts on videos where she does like these challenges where she basically like is kicking with one foot in the air for like a minute or two. And it speeds up at one point because <laughs> she does it longer than the video lasts. <laughs> kind of <a> thing. <laughs> like she is ridiculously talented. So cool. Um, is there anything else that anybody else wants to add? Whether it's, you know, anything about what we talked about or anything you want to bring up before we call it a episode? I, I think it's important that like, I, by no means do you absolutely have to know any of the information that we've been talking about in, no. in this episode. It's just, I, I think it's worth noting that it takes more than just uh, the people transforming into the hero it takes all of these people working on it the action directors the choreographers the stunt and suit actors mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that come together to bring these stories and these characters to life so i would encourage people to go ahead and look into more information about like if you have a favorite show or a favorite season uh who were playing certain characters and you'd be surprised how many of those uh actors have played other characters that you like and you can kind of start connecting. Oh, yeah, that's why this person kind of moves similarly. Or I can't believe that person was this person. Like, it's right. worth looking into. It's fun. Most often than not, it's, it's, I mean, part of what you like about a character turns out to be input that they gave. And they, they them alone. Exactly. So you, it gives you an appreciation of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I've just been fascinated with. And I, I, I've I've been seeing in the fandom more people getting uh you know becoming curious and you know researching that stuff, which is really cool. I mean I mean once sometimes you'll see like an appreciation thread of you know a certain suit actor, or like mm-hmm. someone say like, oh you guys didn't even know that this was Takeuchi. It's like oh shoot, <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh huh. And with the wealth of information available now, I I think it's easier than ever to do it. Absolutely. And it's really a treasure cove of, of information, of little trivia, and and also to appreciate them as, as, as uh, you know, professionals of what they do and, and give them the admiration that they certainly deserve. Yeah. I mean, I uh, they're like, I guess you could say the unsung heroes of Tokusatsu. Yes, certainly. Most of them. I, I, I will just add this real quick. If you have the chance, go on YouTube and look up, uh, I, I think it's just under Common Writer Run, and you can see some of these guys from the Kamen Rider Decade Net movies just goofing around doing a track meet in suit. <laughs> yeah. Just to show how much personality, when they're not even really trying to portray the characters, how much personality comes through these guys in these suits without saying a word. Yeah. That's, that's the important thing, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, when you talk about, like, little tidbits of stuff. Like, I remember watching uh, Ultraman Jeed. Uh-huh. And finding out that the per- the actor who plays Zena is the suit actor for Ultraman, and has been the suit actor for Ultraman since like I don't know Nexus or something like that. Oh, like he is Nexus. I think he was. I think he was the suit actor for Nexus, and he's been every suit actor since. I mean, he's he's done every pretty much every Ultraman since, and still does. Like, he is the Seiji Takaiwa of... Of Ultraman. <laughs> Ultraman. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, stuff like that is, like, really fun to connect the dots with. That's that's kind of why I enjoy looking up this stuff once in a while. Uh, but yeah, tokusatsu in action. Action in tokusatsu. It's great. Those two go together. Right? 
It's chicken and waffles, bacon and eggs. It's it's part of Balmain's <laughs> breakfast. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Apple and cinnamon. <laughs> Let us know on Twitter what other combinations you like. <laughs> <laughs> How else can you describe this? <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, thank you guys both, Josh and Cooney. Thank you for joining me on this. No, thanks to you. Yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about this. Yeah. Yes. I, I wouldn't Finally. mind. I mean, I always. I always end up being the one that's kind of talking about action when we do like a review. So I, I was I'm glad that we could actually do like a full episode about it. We hopefully we'll do it again sometime with, you know, more yes, people. Let's, that, I think there's lots more to talk about. Yeah, exactly. It's always changing. So it's always cool. to it will be cool to come back. Uh, but yeah, until next time, uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Tokusatsu Network podcast. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Good night. The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Network.com.